Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of gadolinium-associated nephrogenic systemic fibrosis, found under the renal section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 56-year-old man presents to his primary care physician with muscle weakness and joint contractures in his hands. He reports to having developed a painful rash that feels hard and states he has a general tightness in his body. He has a past medical history of type 2 diabetes mellitus and end-stage renal disease treated with hemodialysis. About one month prior to presentation, the patient had a transient ischemic attack and underwent an MRI with contrast of the brain. On physical exam, he has bilateral symmetric indurated papules and plaques on his forearms and shins. His hands have contractures, and his range of motion is limited in the involved joints. Laboratory evaluation reveals an elevated erythrocyte sedimentation rate, C-reactive protein, and ferritin. Let's continue with an introduction to gadolinium-associated nephrogenic systemic fibrosis. Clinically, this is defined as a rare systemic fibrosing disorder in patients with renal failure that is associated with gadolinium-containing contrast agents. It is primarily characterized by thickening of the skin and fibrosis of the dermis, but it can also affect the muscle, fascia, lungs, and heart. In terms of the epidemiology, this is a rare disease. Demographically, it occurs only in patients with renal failure. Risk factors include renal failure, renal transplant, chronic kidney disease, and exposure to catalinium-containing agents. In terms of the etiology, remember that gadolinium is an active component in contrast agents used in MRI studies. In terms of the pathogenesis, the exact mechanism is unclear, but gadolinium may dissociate from its chelating molecule and increase the exposure in patients with renal failure. Gadolinium deposition in tissue may then cause a tissue injury reaction. This may activate transforming growth factor beta-1. The gadolinium may also directly increase the number of circulating fibrocytes by stimulating the bone marrow. The increased number of fibrocytes can then produce collagen and cause tissue fibrosis. Moving on to the presentation. Symptom onset occurs 2-4 to four weeks after exposure to gadolinium, but can occur up to years after exposure. Skin lesions start at the extremities and move proximally to the thighs and forearms. The common distribution is from the ankles to below the knees and the skin between the wrists and upper arms. The head is typically spared, and these lesions may be pruritic or painful. Lung involvement may present with shortness of breath. On exam, the skin lesions tend to be symmetric and bilateral and have indurated papules and plaques. There may be subcutaneous nodules, they may be edematous, and there may be cobblestoning or a podorange appearance. There may also be limited range of motion, joint contractures, and sclerodactyly. In terms of further imaging, a CT scan with contrast is indicated for evaluation of systemic organ involvement. Specific findings may include fibrosis of the fascia and muscles. In terms of further studies, Labs may demonstrate elevated erythrocyte sedimentation rate, elevated C-reactive protein, and elevated ferritin. A biopsy reaching the subcutaneous tissue may demonstrate proliferation of CD34-positive dermal fibrocytes. In terms of the differential, 
make sure to think about scleroderma. Remember that this will present with a Raynaud phenomenon. In terms of treatment, no medical intervention has been proven to be effective, but the following may have some benefit. Conservative options may include physical therapy. This is indicated for all patients to prevent or reverse immobility from the disease. Non-operative options include extracorporeal photophoresis. This is indicated if the disease progresses. Another option is ultraviolet A phototherapy. This is also indicated if the disease progresses, and this is often used in combination with other therapies. Complications related to gadolinium-associated nephrogenic systemic fibrosis may include respiratory failure from lung involvement, as well as wheelchair dependence due to immobility. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that there is about a 30% mortality, but positive prognostic factors include recovery of renal function. That's all from this review about gadolinium-associated nephrogenic systemic fibrosis. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.